Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Kroll-Bennett. Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Vanessa, Cara, can you think about a time when you set a rule or a limit or you just made some decision for your kids or about your kids that you came to regret? Like it could have been a curfew you set or an amount of allowance that you chose. Or maybe you bought them a device like a cell phone that you were there thinking, "Mm, that wasn't so smart. Or maybe you gave them access to something on your phone. How about I came to regret freaking out at my kid for no valid reason? I feel like the rule setting is less concerning to me. It's my losing my cool in the lamest ways and like with no self-control. So I'll give you a perfect example. It was the first day of school. My kids had to get the bus to school. It was the first day taking them to the bus. And I didn't know where in the parking lot I was supposed to drop them to catch the bus that would then take them to their school. And they're eating Cheez-Its for breakfast because we didn't have time (laughs) for breakfast. And I was like, grab a snack. And like, I look in the back seat and my kids are, have like each have the little red bags of Cheez-Its. And I was like, oh my God, I'm the worst mother. So they're eating Cheez-Its. I'm pulling into the school. 
there's speed bumps like every 15 inches and I'm flying over the speed bumps. Jeez, it's flying everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) She's at dust in the air. And I'm freaking out because the clock is ticking. They're going to miss the bus. I'm going to have to drive them to school and then be late for the rest of my day. And I cannot find where the bus is. And I'm like, where is the bus? Somebody figure out where the bus is. Call your friends because they had friends sitting on the bus that was like, you know, counting down to leave. So my 16-year-old is in the car and I turned to him and I'm like, call your friend, call your friend right now. He goes, and he goes to start texting her. And I'm like, don't you goddamn text her. Call her, call her right now. This is the first day of school. This, this is, is great the first day of school. I'm really school. setting my kids up for success. <laughs> and I just like completely losing my mind. I think our dog was like in the car with us who was just staring at me like, who is this terrible? I'm not going human? home with her. <laughs> Take me to school. So anyways, We finally found the bus. I pull in the bus lane to get them to the bus. And like all the staff people in the parking lot are like waving at me, like, don't pull into the bus lane. And I like pull into the bus lane, flying over a speed bump. And I screech to a halt. And I'm like, get out, get on the bus. (laughs) They get off. They like scurry off with like leaving Cheez-Its in their trail. And they get on the bus and I pull away and the dog like won't even make eye contact with me. (laughs) She's so appalled. And I pull into my driveway and I am just like, oh my God, that was so awful. I just sent my kids off for the first day of school by screaming at them about where the bus was, as if they're supposed to know where the bus was. They didn't know where the bus was either. So I took a deep breath. And what do you think I did, Cara? I have no <laughs> idea where this story is going. <laughs> Maybe we'll circle back. Maybe we will circle back. I will share what I did after you share your parenting fail, your do-over. So that is the theme of this episode, is we are going to talk about examples in Our lives are the collective hour. So everyone who's listening is going to be able to conjure examples and and you can share them with us. You can share them on our social and you can email them to us because we're always looking for other parents who fail. Even though we have so many. (laughs) We have many stories. But the, the point of this episode is to talk about not just identifying those moments of parent fail, but if one could take a do over, then how? does one take a do-over? Because it's the most powerful parenting tool we have. I actually think it is the most powerful parenting tool. And we say on every episode, circle back, take a do-over, go back to your kid at a later point. And today we really want to talk about how the heck do you do it? That's right. Because it is hard. It's really hard. But I will say... As someone with a lot of practice taking do-overs, you get better at it and it gets easier with practice. So, Cara, what's your <laughs> what's your parenting fail? One of millions and millions. One of many. I could stay on theme and talk about a school bus fail, 
that might have involved my daughter's first day of kindergarten and my assumption that if I didn't want her to take the bus home because I was going to pick her up from school, first day of kindergarten, super special, that I could somehow send an ESP message to the bus driver that she should not get onto the bus. So I could tell the story about how I was at school looking for her and she was lonely at the bus stop looking for me. That was a parenting fail. But I'm going to tell one instead. Oh my gosh, Vanessa's almost crying. <laughs> I, I'm going to tell I'm one I'm just that, picturing little Talia waiting at the bus stop and I'm picturing your heart just breaking into a million pieces. Now picture the bus driver calling me saying, I can't abandon this five-year-old at a bus stop. So where are you? <laughs> no, that's not the story I'm going to tell. Okay. I'm going to tell the story. And I did take a do-over on that one. I never forgot to write a note ever again about when That's I was... That's incredible. Yeah, that was... that was. I a, forget that was like learning. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, get one day of a five-year-old abandoned on the side of the road. <laughs> okay, the story I'm going to tell is a story that I may have told on this podcast before, but you love it so much, I Vanessa, I that I'm going to tell it again. I'm actually going to shoot a music video of this. Yes, one it's day. Like, it should be set to Rick Ocasek music. No, I'm going to ask Jonah to to make the soundtrack for this. Jonah is our incredible young composer who wrote our new theme music. We adore Jonah, and Jonah can absolutely set the soundtrack to this. Although Jonah is Talia's age and may have even been at the party that I'm going to describe, and he will probably protest writing the music because he'll be like, you did what? He's Um, like, Cara, you're appalling. All right, tell us. Here's the story. When Talia was in the ninth grade, she went to the homecoming or the a dance, homecoming-ish dance at school. And um, the school sent a really clear letter to all of the parents in the high school saying, do not allow your child to go to an after party. It's just not okay. And if you know me, you know I am a rule follower. And so I got the letter. And what? I was You're like, such a rebel. <laughs> it's so hard to be a rule follower. <laughs> and I get the letter and I was like, check that box. No child of mine is going to an after party. At which point Talia came home and she said, mom, so-and-so is having a party after the dance. Can I go? And I said, nope, look right here. There's a letter from your school. No, you may not go. And she said, mom. And she started to give me some really rational arguments for why I might let her go. The kid who was hosting, super responsible. The parent was going to be home. It was going to be a really small group. You know, and all of the things she was saying, actually, were checking out. And I, I knew this kid. And I, intellectually, I became very comfortable with it because it wasn't an after-dance rager. It was like an after-dance hang. And so... Keyword, intellectually comfortable with it. Intellectually. So I said yes. I got to yes. And I said yes, but I said yes with some limits. Because in order to get from my house to pick her up with a couple of friends and to shuttle them over to the party, then to get back to my house, then to get back to the party to pick up, and then to get back to my house again, required some late night driving on some streets in LA that are windy and dark and dangerous, and I don't love driving them. And so what I said was, you can go with the caveat 
that you stay for a short time because I'm not really ready for you to go to parties yet. And so stay for a short time. I'm just going to drop you off, go park somewhere in the neighborhood, read a book for an hour or so, and we'll have an appointed time for you to come out and for me to pick you up. First party ever. And she said, okay, and that was fine. So it all goes off without a hitch. Drop off the group of kids at the party. I go around the corner. I park my car at what I think is a reasonable distance from the house. Keyword, reasonable distance. And I brought an iPad to read on because it was pitch black outside. And I figure that's a logical thing. And I, I was very happy reading for an hour or so, however long I was reading for. But about 15, 20 minutes into my reading... I see a carload, like a circus carload full of kids from the grade, many of whom I know. And so they fully recognize my face lit by the iPad pulling up and they're going the long way around to get to the party house. And they all wave at me. Oh, And I realize I am the crazy mother who is (laughs) parked in the neighborhood. And they all saw me and they all acknowledged seeing me. And when Talia emerged from the party, she was so mad at me. Mm-hmm. She was so deeply humiliated yep. by my presence, essentially my presence at the party. So we need to get Beanie Feldstein cast in this <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I don't know who would play you, Cara, but I know we need Beanie here ASAP. I think Molly Shannon might play me. Yes. I think that would be an excellent call. Wouldn't that be good? I think that would be an yeah, excellent call. Because she call. would make it funny. She would make it, you know, she's so You weren't deep funny when you did it, though. No, but we need to warm it up <laughs> a little. <laughs> Molly could warm it up for me. So here's what I want to explore with our two stories and with the framework of this podcast. And we'll both share how the stories end at the end. We've all made parenting choices. Some are are active choices. Like my party choice was, it was actually really thought out. And I thought I was making a really good parenting decision. Your choice to scream and yell at your kids (laughs) might be a slightly different type of choice, right? But it's on the spectrum of parenting choices. Both of our behaviors fall onto that spectrum. And And we all make choices. And sometimes those choices turn out to be not the best ones. So how should we go about taking a do-over when we recognize that we have really screwed it up? So I think we need, I think we need like three categories. One category is how to take a do-over when we've given permission to do or have something, right? Our kids to have a device or access to something or to go to something. And then we realize that it's a mistake. So I think that's category one. We've instituted a rule or given permission that we're actually not feeling great about. And we need to kind of undo that. Yep. Number two is we need to do a puberty specific do-over, right? We've either avoided a question about puberty or given misinformation or done something in response to our kids around puberty, and we need to take a do-over in that context. Number three is about, and I'll use my bus example as a perfect moment, where 
emotion is high and cognition is low, as our friend E. Brodsky likes to say. And we react in the moment in a way we later come to regret. So I feel like those are the three categories I'd love to cover. Do you have any that you want to add? No, but let's start with category one. Great. Which is you've implemented a rule or a limit and you realize it's the wrong rule or limit because this one feels like the cleanest and the clearest. For any parent, grandparent, or just adult who is involved in the lives of kids whose brains are developing and whose moral compasses are forming, if you make a decision that is intended to keep a child safe and healthy, and then you realize, maybe I didn't make the right decision, the moment you realize maybe I didn't make the right decision is the opportunity to tell yourself and then tell that kid, you know what? I don't think I made the right decision and I am going to do it over. I'll give you a perfect example. My youngest child was given unlimited screen time on Saturdays. That was, you know, a sort of a pandemic decision We had nowhere to go, nothing to do. His siblings had phones and FaceTimes and all of that stuff. And we gave him carte blanche, which I don't think is actually an appropriate term to use in the county. I think that's actually like sex related specifically. So, okay, we didn't give him carte blanche. We gave him him unfettered access to electronics for the day on Saturday. The pandemic you know, things start to shift, things wane, there's more social opportunity. He's back playing sports and socializing and all of that stuff. Plus he has more homework. And I realize, okay, this rule that we gave him in a moment of sort of desperation is now no longer the right rule for a variety of reasons. I need to figure out how do I back out of that rule? So how did you? So my favorite strategy with my kids, anytime I'm setting a limit of any kind, whether it's screen time or allowance or curfew, is to ask them what they think a fair limit is. So, you know, when my kids Even are going out- Even after you've set the limit for the first time, yes. and this is this is the- the important piece of the yes. do-over. So. so it sounded like this. Hey, Ozzy, I know you've had unlimited time on electronics on Saturdays during the pandemic, but we're going to have to change some rules now because you're back playing soccer and you have more homework and we're going out more. And I'm noticing that you actually don't really want to do all that stuff because you'd rather be on electronics. So we need to dial back your electronics time so that you have time for all these other things that are actually really fun and good for you. So what you're doing is you're giving the rationale. You're explaining the why. So I gave you this limit. The circumstances have changed. So this is why I'm going to change the limit. And now you're asking him to partner with you. And then I say, so what do you think is a fair amount of time to have on a weekend day? And fascinatingly enough, the number he came up with was the exact number I had in my head. 
And it won't always work that way, first of all. Correct. (laughs) It was kind of amazing and miraculous. Although I do find more often than not that what I have in my head for the allowance or the curfew or the screen time or whatever is actually the number they come back to me with on the first try. It doesn't always happen, but I am amazed at how often it does happen. And sometimes the do-over is not that sort of harmonious, right? Oh, 100%. when, When my kids were in grammar school, musically, now TikTok, mm-hmm. musically emerged out of nowhere. And the kids all begged to have musically accounts. And they didn't have cell phones yet, but they begged to have accounts. And they described musically to us as, oh, it's just. It's like a video making (laughs) app. And we went, okay. And we all gave them logins. And within about three or four weeks, it became very, very clear that we had just given our kids access to their first social media platform, right? With, by the way, with, with no rules in its structure. So one of the things about Musical.ly in its prior to TikTok iteration was that it became a place where kids, very qu- very young kids, very quickly congregated and then were mean to each other. They were unkind to each other. And the do-over on that one didn't sound like your do-over on unfettered video game time. My do-over on that one sounded like this. Hey, you know how three weeks ago I gave you Musical.ly? It feels like a really bad idea. It doesn't feel comfortable to me. So I'm going to take back Musical.ly now and we can have lots of conversations about when you can be on it and how you can be on it. And I'll get there. It's not a you're never going back on. But right now, I'm pressing stop because I'm not comfortable. And that's okay, too. How did that go over? It, You know what? It went fine. I say fine because it wasn't like they were happy. They actually loved Musical.ly and they were not bullying other kids. They were not being bullied. They were not really engaging in the social media. They were really doing the music videos. But I'm a believer, and my kids have proven it to me over and over and over again, that kids do like limits. They like the guardrails that you put up, and it is their job to push back against those guardrails. If you don't put up any guardrails, life becomes very confusing. So the do-over was, hey, I put these guardrails down. I didn't realize what I was doing. I'm putting them back up. And let me tell you, by the time Musical.ly turned into TikTok a year later, we were in a very different place. TikTok is also a very different platform. And suddenly my kids were coming back to me going, okay, here's the reiterated version. This is why we think we should be on it. And they became really good advocates for why I should reconsider. And this is another thing about the do-over that becomes very important. Your kids are going to age through the process of your parenting. So sometimes they feel like if you say no to this thing or take away that thing, it's always going to be the case that you're going to say no or take away. And one good parenting strategy is to say to your kids frequently, hey, this isn't always going to be the case. As you get older and more mature and have more life experience, I'm going to feel more comfortable setting you free. Because if they understand that you're not super rigid all the time, it's a game changer. And so that's why I think it's it's fairly straightforward, that first bucket. Yes. Right? But the second bucket, which is sort of the puberty-specific do-over, where that one gets interesting 
to me at least, is when hormones come into play. You know, and I'm curious to know in your life, Vanessa, what puberty-specific do-over you might want to share. But I have no doubt that the hormones that were coursing through the bodies of your kid or kids who were experiencing whatever needed to be redone were impacting some of your parenting decisions. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. I mean, I think for me, I actually have a a friend and colleague who is a health educator and has a master's degree and 25 years experience as a health educator. And when... (laughs) When her oldest child came to her and asked her what sex was, she said, oh, it's like a really wonderful hug. <laughs> and this is a... The cobbler's children have no <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and she tells that story. I'm not sharing a story that she herself hasn't told. And she's an amazing health and sex educator, amazing, dynamic and funny and honest and straightforward. And then she just like completely blew it with her own kid. And I love that example because she then circled back and said to her kid, hey, you remember when I told you that sex is like a really special hug? I'm going to redo that answer. Now, that's someone who had the knowledge and gave a totally subpar response to her child. I want to talk about what happens if you don't have the knowledge, right? And when you mention hormones, Cara, it's also important to not only that our kids are feeling hormones, but we're having hormones, right? They're lots- At the very least, stress hormones around <laughs> making the bad parenting and, move that you know, we made. A lot of females who are our age are in perimenopause or menopause, so they're having their own stuff go on hormonally and emotionally. So she had the knowledge. Someone who didn't have the knowledge, their kid comes to them and says, hey, what's sex? Right, and and it's a great moment to pause and say, taking the do-over can have one part or can have two. Part one is I did it wrong the last time. I screwed it up. My bad. Sorry. Part two is here's how I would have done it otherwise. It is really okay to just do part one because if you don't have a part two to say, I'm not sure how I would do it otherwise. Let's figure this out together. I think that's absolutely fine. So for someone who's kid comes to them and asks a question about sex and they don't have the answer at the ready. Side note, puberty podcast tip, your kid will come to you to ask about (laughs) sex and drugs. So start thinking now. (laughs) Yes, start thinking now about your answers um, because it helps. I promise you 100% guarantee that at some point you'll get that prompt. But until you do, if you're not prepared, you can make the wrong choice and how you answer, circle back to your kid and say, I didn't do that the way I wish I had done that, but I'm not sure how to do it differently. I feel stuck. And you can explain why you feel stuck because no one ever talked to me about it because I didn't have this type of relationship with my parents because this makes me nervous because I know there are lots of negative consequences to sex, but I want sex to be something positive for you. There could be a million reasons why you don't know how to go about it with your kid. And it's enough 
to just say that. And you don't have to be able to do it perfectly in the do-over. You could just acknowledge you wish you could do it over. Kids so appreciate and love when adults name their own awkwardness, their own nervousness, their own ignorance. It's tempting as an adult to feel like we always have to know the answer and cannot admit our own failings. But the truth is kids love it. They eat it up. They also learn how to acknowledge that they're not perfect as well. Right. So when they hear us say, I didn't do that right. I want to try again. It models for them the ability to say in every relationship in their life, oh, I'm not stuck in cement with every comment that comes out of my mouth. I can do it over. Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? Why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where Umla comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one. It fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra. And it's game-changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one-of-a-kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding, which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their Umbra's. It's why we say that the Umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around, and find your Umbra, plus lots of other puberty info at myoomla.com. That's M-Y-O-O-M-L-A.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors Ready to Eat Meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. 
That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more Factor Meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie Horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Okay, Vanessa. So we had the first bucket, (laughs) which was sort of the straightforward, simple redo. We had the second bucket, 
which had the puberty layer. I can't remember what bucket three was. Bucket three is how did I go back and repair the morning bus? Oh, bucket three. Let's do it. Okay. So bucket three is we react in the moment when emotion is high and cognition is low and we totally blow it. We freak out at our kids. We say something unkind. We scream at them. We lose our cool. We embarrass them. There's like innumerable examples of what that version can look like. So what did I do when I pulled into my driveway and I started to breathe again and I realized that I had completely messed up my kids' first morning at school by freaking out at them about where the bus was in the parking lot. I took a deep breath. I closed my eyes. I actually laughed a little bit to myself because I like could quickly recognize- like a crazy laugh? Not like, ha, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it was more like, ah, that's embarrassing. It's like a little, it's like a tiny chuckle. <laughs> it's like a tiny chuckle. So the first thing I did is I texted my 16-year-old and I said, I am so sorry for losing it with you. And I didn't expand. I just apologized. I didn't explain why I lost it. I just said, I'm sorry. And he was on the bus so he could text me. He wasn't at school yet. And he wrote back and he said, that's okay, mom. I know you were stressed. And I said, because I don't want stress to be like a convenient excuse for behaving unkindly to my kids. I said, yes, I was stressed, but I could have handled it differently. And I'm really sorry. And I said, I should have planned better and figured out where we needed to go ahead of time and not left it last minute. And he just said, yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> My friends thought it was pretty funny when they told, when you told me to call them. <laughs> FYI, the bus will never wait for us. So if we miss it, that's it. And I was like, okay. And it was, I used a little humor I used a lot of honesty. And he used humor. And he used humor. He's a very empathetic person with a wonderful sense of humor. And I also, as you mentioned earlier, talked about how I could have done it differently, right? I'm constantly asking my kids when they come home with grades that are not on a test that are not what they wanted, like, what would you do differently? And to your point, I think it's really important to model critical thinking about what I would have done differently. And he was super gracious about it. I felt better. And then when he came home that night at the end of the day, I apologized again in person because I wanted him to know face to face how important it was that he know how sorry I was. I don't think you always have to do that. I think sometimes just a text or a conversation is enough. But in this case, I was it was weighing on me and it felt important to me. Did you apologize to the dog? <laughs> <laughs> I think Bimbo, sorry, I don't know if people know that my dogs, I did not name Bimbo. She is was my mother's dog that I rescued during quarantine. Rescued from your mother. I rescued from my mother. I did not name her. It's not a appropriate or good name. We actually, well, maybe we could talk about the do-over on Bimbo's name. Yeah. So I refer to her as Bimby in public, except <laughs> on our podcast that's listened to 
to by thousands of people. I think she was eating the cheeses off the floor that got spilled as I so she was flew good. over the speed bumps. So she was good. So I, as I think about like preventing needing to do the do-over, right? Like not getting to the point, particularly in these very emotionally charged situations, instead of having to go back and apologize for losing it, I like to think about what I could have done differently ahead of time, not just logistically, but like in a more meta way. Right, which um, is preventive. Yeah, like prophylactic. That's right. Prophylactic behaviors to prevent a do-over. Just think of it as like a condom, like a do-over condom. <laughs> Sorry, was that like too much? I'm not sure how you got there, but we're there. Well, prophylactic. I know, I know how you got there. I'm just, <laughs> you know, your brain is an interesting thing. It's just, you know, bouncing around. So I was thinking about, okay, did I have enough sleep? What was I worried about for my kids that morning? I was stressed. They were starting in a new school. I was stressed for them. I was worried for them. What was going on at my house before we left? Had I had breakfast? And uh, and that sort of very basic one, which we've all done. Why did I not just look on the map and figure out where the drop-off point was? You know, the very logistical basic thing. Yes. That we have all left that planning to the last minute. And why? Why do we do that? And I think so much of that is that time is short and we just get to things when we have time to get to things. And so forgiving ourselves a little bit for that. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's definitely making sure we have been fed and watered as adults and taking care of ourselves in these ways that we make sure that our kids take care of themselves, except when they have cheeses for breakfast. Um, (laughs) Making sure, because often my reactions are because I haven't, taken care of myself the way I need to in order for me to take care of the people I love. So for people who need to take a do-over on their response or reaction to a moment or an episode or an event, I think that's a really nice model is acknowledge it, uh, apologize for it, and then figure out how you can change your own circumstances so that you don't repeat it again because it feels bad. It feels it bad. feels bad to you and it feels bad That's to right. your kid. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you how the party ended. Because ultimately now, all these years later, we talk about it and laugh about it all the time. But here's what happened. So Talia came out of the party at the appointed time, which she notes every time we talk about this, was about an hour earlier than everyone else came out of the party. <laughs> of course it of was. Of course. I wasn't ready. I to- I always tell her, and she gets it. Um, and one day she will really get it when it's her turn to not be ready. And her child is. And that's the beauty of parenting. But so she came out of the party and she was having a friend sleep over that night. And so the two of them got in the car. And Talia was very clear with me how not okay it was for me to be what she considered parked in front of the house, even though I considered it parked far away. In fairness, she was right. It wasn't far enough away. And I wasn't there, by the way, because I wanted to spy on them at the party. I literally did not want to have to drive these very dark, treacherous roads three times. I just wanted to drive them once. And she understood that. So they get in the car and she is very, very clear with me. And I decide, and I immediately regretted all of it 
and told her so and apologized. And I decide we're going to move beyond it. And so we get back to the house and it's late. You know, they've been to a dance, they've been to a party, but I want to be that mom and I want to rewrite the narrative of the evening. So I decide I'm going to make them a snack and we're going to chat and hang out. And I made these girls big pile of scrambled eggs and toast and like, come on, sit down in the kitchen and let's hang out and let's talk about, you know, how was the dance and how is this? And what Talia tells me now is they completely gave me what I needed. They pretended like it was all done for them and they chatted with me and shared with me about the night and laughed with me and ate my scrambled eggs and then went off into her room and basically rolled their eyes like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Insane. And knowing that now, you know, there are moments where you really love your child so, so deeply. What I began to realize is not only did I need the do-over and did I try to take the do-over, but she gave me permission to press restart and to feel like my parenting was not quite as off track as it really was so that going forward, we could reset completely and she would have the leg to stand on where she said, okay, we're never doing that again. So next time I want to go to a party, it's got to work a different way. And she gave me what I needed and God love her for that because sometimes as parents, we don't realize that we need our kids. And and much in the same way that you got it by text, I got it in person. It was this acknowledgement of, yeah, you did screw up mom, but you're okay. And we're going to laugh about it. And we're going to look back. And then as soon as I was over it and she was over it, she made relentless fun of me <laughs> for years. And it goes on still to this day. I mean, literally every party she goes to, she says, do you want to park your car in front of the front door and just read a book on an iPad and light up your face? And I say, no, have a oh fun time. Oh I mean, I do think if we model for our kids showing other people grace, that they will give that back to us in return. What we don't want right. to do is have them bury their reactions to our thoughtless behavior. We want to let them react in fairness, but that there's space for screwing up. And there's a beauty to our kids continuing to talk about these stories where we took the do-over. You know, I've taken many do-overs in my life, and most of those stories my kids do not repeat endlessly. But the ones that they do, it's such a good reminder to all of us that they see the value of pressing restart. Do you mean the stories like where I throw my kids' iPads across the room? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe those stories. Or I stomp on Xbox controllers. Do you mean those stories, Cara? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much fodder that my children have. It's really quite astounding. But laughing about it is so important. And showing our kids that we can laugh at ourselves and our screw-ups is like number one most important thing we can teach them. So we like to end these episodes, as everyone knows, with these puberty pearls, puberty takeaways, whatever we want to call them. But I'll start on this one because at the root of all of it, whether you have made a decision about a physical item, a social agenda, an emotional response, whatever it is that you have parented in a way that 
you cringe when you think back on that parenting move. That is a moment where you can take a do-over and your kids may be frustrated in the moment for the change, but they will thank you later. I have a friend who says, hate me now, thank me later. You give your kids permission to understand your vulnerabilities and your follies as a parent when you try something one way and you fully recognize it doesn't work and then you reframe and you try it a different way. And so if you take anything from this episode, remember that in life well beyond parenting, in every corner of your life, if you need to do it over, do it over. And just let the people around you know why you're taking the do-over and that you're sorry. So my takeaway is if you are going to go 50 miles per hour in a school (laughs) parking lot over speed bumps, don't give your children (laughs) Cheez-Its to eat because you will have a lot of cleanup later. (laughs) Oh, Vanessa. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts. Or check out our Instagram, at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com.